everybody. You are listening to Hotter Than Health, the podcast. This is a podcast focusing on fitness, nutrition, and an overall healthy lifestyle. My name is Eliza Gellman, and I am so happy to have you here with me for today's episode. Hello. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of Hotter Than Health. And if you aren't super familiar with Hotter Than Health, this is a podcast focusing on nutrition, lifestyle, conversations with people in the health and wellness industries. We have storytellers. We kind of go everywhere on the podcast. So in the next few weeks, maybe in a month or so, you're going to see a couple of shifts with some of the branding. You're going to see some shifts with some of the intros, but I'm super excited for today's episode specifically. But um, like I mentioned in the previous couple episodes, I'm actually going to be by popular demand of literally no one except for maybe a few people and myself. Um, I'm going to be doing two episodes per week moving forward. So starting next week, we are going to have a Tuesday episode as well as a Thursday episode. Now you might be thinking, oh, do Monday, it starts the week. Here's what I will say. My stats are lowest on Tuesday, on Mondays, so I'm actually not going to do that. I know that it's totally a great way to start the week. However, what I would rather do is have you guys, okay, you deal with Monday, you kind of catch up on some things, but then you have Tuesday to look forward to, right? And then there's a little bit less gap time in between the next episode, right? So we're going to do a Tuesday episode, which is going to be more of a Q&A, nutrition and lifestyle uh, I say Q&A, but it's really just going to be more of a deep dive into an intensive topic um, and questions that I get more often. So it'll be more informational. And then on Tuesday, on Thursdays, it's going to be more of a interview, storytelling, thought-provoking conversation. Typically, those will be longer. So I would love to get some of y'all's feedback. I have people saying that they like both types of episodes. So I want to give you give the people what they want. You know, that's showbiz, baby. You got to give the people what they want. So working on doing two episodes per week. I'm super pumped about that. So what I would really love is for you guys to go onto the latest Instagram post that I have on hotter than health the podcast and take a look at the latest instagram and comment what types of what (laughs) comment what types of topics you guys want to hear about moving forward and i'll really deep dive into those topics it can be about food supplements weight loss or um, it can be about certain products it can be about certain trends happening in the health and wellness industry it can be about gut health it can be about poop morning routines lifestyles hydration movement whatever i would love to get y'all's feedback because clearly Uh, the reason why we are growing and the reason why we are really moving in a direction of kind of giving more for Hotter Than Health. Um, I've mentioned this before, really want to start making more of a brand out of this. I want this to go somewhere, hopefully do a little merchandise for people sooner rather than later and really just start to grow this. Um, Like I've said before, the goal is to get onto a network, hello dear media, is to get onto a network so that we can really push the information as much as possible. And I've been with you guys consistently every week for three years. I am fucking pumped about this and I just really feel like now is shifting. Um, I recently came upon some statistics that had to do with the podcast. 
that I had never seen before and it made me realize like oh shit people are really listening so let's dive in balls first and just give this everything we've got I thought that I was giving it everything I had but then as soon as I really realized that this was reaching people and I was getting messages that this was you know it was touching people it was changing people's lives and I you know something inside of me just has this fire and I I think that my superpower is that I just won't fucking give up and I know what this can do I know what the podcast can be and I know how many people it's reaching and I know how many people it can reach so let's get into this if you haven't already written a review or subscribed to the podcast please go to your podcast app on your iPhone and click on a little purple app go to the hotter than health podcast go all the way down to the bottom and write a review. It means the world and it is the best way to share this. So the more reviews you have and the more ratings, the more that this gets pushed out organically to people who are searching for topics like this. So it's really, really super helpful to grow the show. All right, let's let's take a quick pivot into today's episode. Like, we, like I was just mentioning, feedback and your comments and reaching out your messages mean the world. So when I ask questions on the Hotter Than Health Instagram or my Eliza G underscore wellness Instagram, I genuinely want to know because the more requests I get for a certain topic, I'm going to find the perfect person to have on the podcast to give as many resources as possible and to give as much information as possible. Because at the end of the day, I'm not a pro in everything, but I know what I am good at talking about and if there's something that I can find someone who I know is super relatable and can tell a story and can actually speak some truth, then I want to have that person on here. The goal is to share, okay? So what I did was I asked you guys, hey, what do you want to hear about? What are you struggling with? What is going on in your brain and in your life right now? And I hands down got so so many more messages about fertility and um, different types of hormones and IVF and different treatments like that. So we're going to deep dive into a conversation today with uh, Brooke Boscovich. I'm so proud of myself because I really had to practice her name. She's incredible. Brooke Boscovich, she's a registered dietitian. She's the fertility dietitian on Instagram. Make sure you guys are following her. She gives so many tips, measurable tips. Every day she's posting new information, but it's not overwhelming information. It's not giving you these ridiculous supplements and things you can't pronounce and things that are incredibly restrictive. She has a real approach to fertility, but I love that she has a holistic approach, but she's also, you know, she's great with merging Western and Eastern medicine. So it's really not just about what the doctor is saying, but it's about what your body is feeling mixed with what the doctors may be recommending. So it's a nice balance of everything. So Brooke is going to be talking with us and giving us resources on helping women optimize their fertilities, have normal cycles, and get pregnant. Her goal is to help people get pregnant. So if you are trying to get pregnant, you think you might want to get pregnant in the future, but you've never tried, or maybe you know someone who's trying to get pregnant, maybe you've heard that this is an issue or maybe maybe it's really not of importance to you right now but um, you know it will be someday or if you're a guy listening to this right now turn this shit up because there are so many questions that we get into on today's podcast going through uh 
pre-baby and then postpartum hormones, anxiety, what we can be eating to promote healthy hormones and make sure that we are setting our body up for a safe environment to have a baby. And right now, like I'm not trying to have a baby currently. However, um, I know that you guys have heard me talk up and down about my sister being pregnant about you know there's baby pop babies popping up everywhere some of my friends have babies and it is so fascinating because so many people have different journeys and I mean some people can't leave their bed for nine months other people are riding their fucking bicycle to the gas station what not the gas station I don't know what they're doing the gas station getting slim gyms but either way so the diet Brooke is going to talk us to us all about um, different ways we can optimize our fertility and I think you guys are going to really like these questions. I feel like I did a really great job of curating the questions for today. I could have gone on with Brooke, but she uh, truly just dives in and gives us everything we need to know, but in a way that we can understand. And this is a really, it's a really intense and special and sometimes stressful time for women. So this is a time for us to really be, um, really be sensitive to other people's journeys, really be just keep our eyes and ears open. And if there's a way for us to encourage a friend, share a resource. I know that so many people have trouble when it comes to getting pregnant. And for someone who maybe hasn't had an issue getting pregnant, then it might not resonate. But I think that we can all have a little bit more compassion for people who may struggle with fertility after listening to this episode. And here's the thing. We can all be a little more compassionate. I know I for sure can. So if you know somebody who is trying to get pregnant and you don't want to just flood them with a bunch of resources like, oh, my friend did this to get pregnant. Oh, my friend did this to get pregnant. Send them over this podcast. You don't have to say anything else. Just be like, hey, I heard this thought of you. It doesn't necessarily have to be, hey, by the way, do exactly what she said and, you know, eat this, do that. No, it doesn't have to be like that. This is really just someone who has gone through it. Brooke has struggled with fertility. She struggled with everything herself. And then she realized there was such a demand for uh, natural dietetics. And uh, there's just such a conversation that needs to be had on fertility and the holistic approach that we can have to it. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode right after the episode, make sure that you hop on to iTunes, leave a review for the podcast. If you get any value out of this, make sure to share. Uh, I love seeing when you guys are screenshotting the uh, screenshotting the podcast and posting it on your Instagram and tagging Hotter Than Health. It means the world. All right. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode with Brooke Boscovich. Brooke, thank you so much for being here today. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing great. Yay. Good. Well, um, I wanted to, of course, kick it off with your story and how you got to be so intensely passionate about fertility, um, egg health, sperm health, all of those things that come along with it. Can you tell us about your story and how you got here? Absolutely. Yeah. It's really through my own health journey that kind of eventually led me to connect the dots between nutrition and fertility. But I struggled for a long time with irregular cycles and all sorts of kind of strange symptoms and that I wasn't really getting a lot of support around. I was basically being given 
one pill for this symptom, another pill for that symptom, and it never really found answers. Um, I eventually was able to find a, a naturopath that really helped me kind of dig deeper. And that's what kind of sparked my interest in kind of the holistic functional medicine area. Um, and around that time, I was pursuing nutrition, like a formal nutrition education. So I do have a master's in, in human nutrition, um, which kind of set the foundation for um, my knowledge around um, how our body uses nutrition and, and just nutrition on its own. So kind of through my, my own battle, battles with health and irregular cycles. Um, I, I ended up doing a heck of a lot of my own research and figuring out, you know, what's going to work for my body as far as um, diet and supplements and lifestyle. And I noticed that there was just a a big gap in women's health and kind of helping them connect the dots. So I feel like, um, myself included, but so many women are, are given the, the birth control pill for so many different ailments and, oh, your, your cycles are regular, take the pill. Um, and I just felt like there was a better way um, to understand our body and be able to, to work with our body. So a lot of trial and error and um, finally finding the right support for myself. Um, I did find that kind of a formula, if you will, as far as nutrition goes um, for myself. And now like I'm super passionate about helping other women really dig down to the root of why they're having symptoms and work with their bodies to improve things like hormone balance and have easy, easy periods and definitely focus on egg quality um, so they can um, have a healthy baby really no matter how they're trying to conceive. I love that. And you're so spot on. And thank you for sharing all of that. You mentioned doing a lot of research on your own. And I feel like so many women who are either attempting to conceive or um, they're maybe they're someone in their family or they're close to is trying to conceive and they want to try and find all the answers. There's so much out there that is general. Of course, it's, you know, get good sleep, eat a balanced diet, X, Y, Z. And you're like, I do all these things, but you know, I'm moving my body and fit all these things. And, and there's always, there's something underlying clearly. Um, and I know that that can put a ton of stress on someone who's uh, attempting to conceive. And there are now so many things out there, IVF and, you know, freezing eggs. And there are so many different things out there that I'm not even super familiar with, but thank you for opening up this, you know, this conversation so that women are able to exhale and say, okay, everything that I'm feeling that's going on is a symptom, a symptom of something that we can figure out. It just takes some time. Yeah. Um, I'd love to hear, and trust me, I do have a trillion questions for you. So, <laughs> um, a lot of people come with a lot of general questions and concern, but overarching how, um, or what are some of the biggest barriers that women have to achieving a healthy conception? Yeah. So one of the, 
I guess the biggest one is, is stress on the body in one way or another. And stress can be actually like not eating enough or not getting the right nutrients for fertility and conception to be successful. And if you're someone who has like yo-yo dieted a lot and that's putting stress on your body. Um, it's putting stress on your metabolism and how your hormones are functioning. Um, if you're just low calorie across the board, like chronically, um, that's a, a big stressor. So, um, that that's like nutrition specific stressors. Also, like if your blood sugar is spiking up and down all the time, that's a stressor to our body. Um, when we think about nutrition and fertility or just really fertility in general, we want to think about creating an environment that is safe. And so any way we can tell our body that it's safe is really, really helpful for fertility because, you know, your body's first priority is to take care of itself, not to create a whole nother tiny human. And I think that kind of that foundation gets lost um, um, when women are struggling with fertility because it's so, so challenging. And we feel like, you know, we should be able to control and put our finger on, on why we are struggling. But if we do take it back to the foundation first and then, you know, dig down and see what barriers your individual body has to supporting that foundation, um, we can see really, really big, helpful changes. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, yeah. Those, those are probably a couple of the biggest issues that I see with, with women trying to conceive. For sure. And so you mentioned a lot of types of stress that aren't just your typical, you know, my boss gave me so much work. We're working from home. You know, the kids are going crazy. It's, it's more self-inflicted that maybe we don't even recognize. Um, so like lack of sleep and environmental stuff, but I'd love to segue that. I didn't even have this written down, but I'd love to segue that into what you've been hearing from women who might be trying to conceive or who have been trying to conceive throughout COVID or quarantine or the pandemic. Um, is do you think that fear and staying at home has been a hindrance? What have you been seeing with any of that throughout the past year? Yeah, so I, I definitely think it adds a different barrier for sure. Um, as far as nutritionally, a lot of what I've been seeing is is couples are home more. So they're actually able to cook more, which that's helpful. But then there's an element of more stress because work is at, at home and, you know, childcare is not available and you're trying to do like everything in this one little environment, which is a, a bigger stress as well. So there's definitely like a, a balance that um, we've been doing our best to find, um, with my clients, um, during this kind of different, different environment that has yeah. been created over the last year plus. Mm -hmm. Um, but all we always going back to the foundation as much as possible is kind of number one. Um, mm -hmm. and then adding like the individual pieces in is super, super important. So it definitely mm -hmm. looks a little bit different for, for each couple. Um, and now like more people are able to go back to the office or to more, a little bit more typical work environment. So that's definitely both helpful and creating different types of stress too, after kind of trying to get comfortable in this, um, abnormal environment. 
Totally. Got it. Well, thank you for that. I just, I feel like I hear that all the time and I'm like, just say it from a pro, you know, um, that makes a lot of sense. It really does. So with, um, what are some things that you see, um, relating to gut health that can be decreasing our fertility? Can you talk about some things that we might be ingesting? Um, what kind of dysbiosis is happening so that we're up and down? Definitely. So gut health is huge for overall health and definitely for fertility. If there's an imbalance of bacteria in there, we're definitely thinking about inflammation and barriers for digestion and absorption of nutrients and um, even interference with immune system and definitely hormone imbalance. So our gut um, helps eliminate excess hormones and toxins. So if something's off in the gut and it's not functioning appropriately, it leads to all sorts of issues. Um, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you'll be feeling it as GI symptoms. It could be fatigue. It could be, you know, in skin concerns like eczema, psoriasis, like acne, even all of those things. Um, headaches can all be due to kind of a root cause in the gut. Um, so you're not getting and, and using nutrients appropriately for overall health, let alone like having those resources left over to support a quality and reproductive environment. So as far mm -hmm. as eating goes, like there's not really, I mean, yes, there's like general foods that help support gut health. We're talking about like pre and probiotic foods, fermented foods, and um, fiber of course is a big one. And, and then like collagen and glycine that might be found in things like, um, bone broth or, um, um, supplements, uh, of, of course, even fish and seafood yeah. um, have components of, of that. Um, but we really need to ultimately to get in there and see what's going on in your gut so we can support it where it's at and give you like the best outcomes possible. Because if we're throwing like dietary changes or throwing supplements or even probiotics on their own, it can actually do more harm than good sometimes, depending on like what's going on with your body. Um, so that's really what yeah. I work on with, with clients is that individualized approach with starting with testing and really getting to the bottom of, of some of those issues. So you can really heal your gut. Mm -hmm. Well, before I get into my 200,000 other questions, um, you mentioned getting in there and really figuring out individually what the issue is. So, um, and I was actually just talking with someone about this and, probiotics are great. Prebiotics are great, but it's, it's the same situation. If there's a fire happening, you don't want to throw gasoline on it, you know? So it's a matter of like, maybe you need to detoxify some things, make sure you poop out all your extra estrogen, and then, then you can take some probiotics. So I'm glad that you said that and that probiotics are not just the end all be all right. So spot on. And I am really happy that you said that, even though like probiotics are great, but anything too much is out of balance. So when, when you were just talking about, um, doing testing with your clients, can you walk us through exactly what a client is going through with you when they are working with you? Because I, you know, just to humanize the entire process, is it, you know, 
walk us through step-by-step kind of what people go through with you and how that works. Absolutely. Yeah. So I always do what I call a fertility strategy, strategy session, which is a phone call to make sure that, you know, I can help you reach your goals. Um, and then we make sure that we would be a good fit to work together. So that's the first step. Um, and then, um, when you do sign up for my master year fertility program, which is a 12 week program, the very first step there is to investigate. And we do that with a combination of testing as well as like um, just chatting about, you know, your, your journey, your health, um, history, your fertility journey, all of those things. So I can recommend the appropriate testing for you with where your body's at, what you've been through and what we need to kind of dive into to figure out what barriers are um existing for you to be able to support fertility. So can I ask a question with that? Are these the types of tests that you're getting from your regular um, primary care, your gynecologist or your obstetrician? Is this a different kind of test? Are these things that like we didn't realize we needed, you know? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. So the type of testing that I do is n- not typically able to be um, received through your typical OB or, or maybe a naturopath doctor, but it does um, require specific training to be able to use and interpret this type of test. So the gut health test that I use is called GI map. um, And it is really, really comprehensive in looking at that bacterial environment in your gut and gut health overall. So we can um, um, work with your body with that information in a much easier way. And it really helps us fine tune like supplement protocol and nutrition um, guidelines that are going to be designed more individually for you. Um, another really common test that I use is called the Dutch test, which is dried urine. <laughs> and it's looking at um, more hormone metabolism, more of how um, your hormones are being used and metabolized in your body versus a blood test that just looks at total hormones at a snapshot in time. So we can get way more specific with the Dutch test and work with your body in much more specific ways with that type of information. Um, and then last but not least, I do a blood panel and that looks different for every, every client, but there's kind of some, um, must, must do's in that test as well. So micronutrients like vitamin D or is definitely a must. Um, I always do a full iron panel because that's probably never been done a full thyroid panel. Cause that's often amazing, not done either. And then add in what's necessary as far as like inflammatory markers, blood glucose control, so on and so forth. So all of that information, along with other testing that you may have had from a conventional medicine setting, like I I definitely want to look at through an optimal lens, um, to make sure we're not missing anything and don't need to add anything else. But those are the most common tests that I run. And then we piece it together and design a really individualized protocol for nutrition supplements and lifestyle. I love that so much. And it gives, I'm sorry, I am I don't have a baby and I'm not like trying to have a baby right now, but if I was struggling, all I would want is for someone to be looking at me and feel like I was working with them individually and 
maybe maybe it's more you know you're doing this on your own or your partner's not too involved maybe they travel all the time for work it's like working with a another woman who has had a child who has overcome these struggles and who can actually look at what's going on inside of you i think that that is such a breath of fresh air and the investment is so worth the peace of mind i think that's incredible um and so I'm turning pages because <laughs> all these questions. So you mentioned, I want to go back to stress. So I work with a couple of clients and I always make sure they know, like, I'm not a hormone specialist. And, but obviously when you have a balanced diet and X, Y, Z, other things tend to fall into place a little more easily. So when we are going through their lifestyle and these different protocols, we look at stress and I want to go back to stress and see what your thoughts are on different types of maybe workouts for different times of the month or different, um, yeah, stages of your cycle, because I've talked to a few people and they have opinions on what to be doing in your follicular stage versus your um, luteal phase, which are different phases of your cycle. So can you talk about that and like what the differences are and how we should recognize, like maybe it's not just, oh, that time of the month, it's like all month there's shit happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so hormones, I mean, the female body is kind of amazing when you start looking at it in detail as to how cyclical it is and, you know, what's going on in each phase. Um, I find a lot of people, like if they, they, start being really mindful and start like learning the phases, they become more in tune with what they're up for as far as exercise goes. And that's typically what's most supportive. We just have to honor that kind of feeling that that's happening. And I think um, a lot of women and just people in general have overridden those feelings. Um, um, for most of their life, um, for whatever reason, whether it's a health goal or a, a weight loss goal or whatever it is that they're striving for, you kind of start overriding those. So when you take a step back, start really paying attention to what your body is telling you, you'll see that your energy fluctuates during different times of your cycle. And that's really due to the different fluctuations and hormones that are happening. So during that follicular phase or that pre-ovulatory phase, like you're building up estrogen. So you're going to have some more energy to maybe do some more exercise um, during that time. Um, ovulatory is a, a short period, um, kind of in the middle of your cycle. It's also like your fertile window. Um, also like you might have some more energy to do some more exercise during that time. And then luteal phase as estrogen drops off a little bit, progesterone increases, like you're probably going to want to back off of, um, intense exercise, you know, um, do maybe some more yoga or like lower intensity exercise. And definitely during your period, you'll want to be doing some more of that lower intensity exercise. Um, but really listening to your body. Um, like if you are um, an athlete or working on fitness um, competitions or anything like that, like working with someone that can help you 
work with your body in the, the phases of your cycle. You're going to notice like more improvement in things like endurance and muscle mass and so on and so forth. If you do work with your body a little bit closer, if possible as well. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. And it's like working smarter, not harder. Cause I think so many people are just conditioned and we talk about this on the podcast all the time. This is not new if you've been a listener, but knowing that working harder all the time is sometimes less productive and can set you back. Um, and with that, what would you say to someone just, I'm trying to just set the scene for like a typical person. So someone who's trying to conceive their doctor says, Hey, you need to lose about 30 to 40 pounds. Um, and maybe they've never really like struggled. I mean, maybe they've always struggled a little bit with their weight, but they know that it's so important for them to be at a healthy weight, to carry a child, like keep their body safe. I don't know too much about that personally, but doctor says, Hey, you need to lose about 30 pounds. Um, but in order to do that, you need to exercise more, eat a little bit less. And then to me that says, ah, stress for your body. So is it more a matter of looking at it? Okay. Yes, it is more stress for your body right now, but in the long run, it will be less stress on your body from carrying less weight. Like what, what are your thoughts there? Yes. So I have a lot of thoughts around that. (laughs) So, I mean, just, just, to put this out there, like there's actually not research showing that a certain BMI is best for fertility. Ovulation is actually a better indicator of health than weight. So amazing. Think about that. Um, ovulation is when our body's feeling safe. It's feeling safe enough to reproduce. So that is a really like big sign. It doesn't mean that um, conceiving's easy um, if you're ovulating regularly, but that's definitely a sign that your hormones are cycling appropriately. If your ovulation's all over the place, which means like your cycle goes from, you know, 24 days to 45 days or, you know, even longer than that, or you're skipping cycles like that's a sign something's up and your body needs um, some more support in, um, for feeling safe and being able to ovulate regularly. Um, as far as weight goes, like, yes, like weight can add some more inflammation in the body. Um, I would ask that particular client or, or woman um, if, if they feel good in their body, you know, is your mm-hmm. weight keeping you from doing activities that you enjoy? Are you noticing joint pain? Are you just feeling kind of more fatigued and more blah? Then like, yeah, like maybe it is a good idea to support your body in some healthy weight loss. We're not going to do anything crash diet and we're really not going to drastically limit calories either. Because if you are on the timeline to, you know, wanting to try to conceive within the next three to four months, even, or even sooner, um, we don't want to be restricting nutrients um, there. And there's a way that we can work with your body to support metabolism and kind of encourage it to burn stores without going into a super restrictive state. And that is really comes down to more of how you're balancing things like carbohydrates and fats and proteins um, in a way that's still going to give you those really important fertility nutrients, still support egg quality, support regular ovulation. Um, 
but allow a little bit of excess weight to be shed if that is best for you and your body. Yes. I love that. And I definitely think that you're so spot on. There's a big difference between losing weight. That's not really impacting you. You know, if you're still feeling great, then, you know, there's doesn't seem to be a pressing reason to lose weight. And then there's, then there's the other side where we, you know, if our hormones are in line, we're taking care of ourselves. If there ever was weight that you wanted to lose, then typically that will shed off naturally. I love that. Um, yeah, yeah. It's not a bad thing if you want to lose weight and there's definitely ways to do it in a fertility friendly way for sure. Totally. Totally. And I think that's so huge. And, um, just your perspective of looking inside out is beyond, and I think going to resonate with a lot of people. Um, and, with, so moving away from the stress and that type of thing, um, getting back into actual foods, physical foods, you post all over your Instagram guys, if you don't follow her, if you don't follow Brooke, um, make sure you check it out. It's the dot fertility dot dietitian. And I've been scrolling through her Instagram for weeks now before we recorded this. And she has so much good stuff on there. Every single post has value. Every single story has value. Thank you for what you do on there. Um, I think, I'd love to hear from you about what are some specific foods that can, um, not, not promote, but what are some foods and maybe supplements that we should back off from that maybe we wouldn't know of, uh, just off the bat, like processed foods and, you know, candy. So what are some things that might surprise us that maybe we need to get away from just a little bit while we're trying to have fertility health? Yeah, good question. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> it's definitely, I'm, I'm all about like focusing on what we can add in, but as far as like limiting and avoiding, like absolutely like the processed foods, like we definitely want to limit that as much as possible. Um, I would say fats and thinking about types of fats, what we want to avoid are, our like processed vegetable and seed oils. Those are really inflammatory. They're high in what we call omega-6 fats, which we get plenty of. They're not all bad. Um, we, we do need some for survival, but we want to limit where we're getting it in our diet. And those kind of vegetable, canola, um, you know, cotton soybean. Seed, soybean oil, corn oil, all of those are ones you want to shy away from. And they typically tend to be in those processed foods. So that's one of the big, um, big ones to shy away from. But I do notice more and more all the time, unfortunately, that they're sneaking into some of our um, foods that are marketed as being really healthy and, you know, towards the paleo and keto um, kind, kind of marketing, um, which nothing against those foods, but check out the label, check out the types of fats that are in them. We want to steer more towards um, our omega-3 fatty acids, which are anti-inflammatory. And those are really like your avocado oil, olive oil, and we get them in nuts and whole seeds and um, whole foods like that too. So that would probably be 
Um, number one, as far as supplements go, um, supplements are actually really individualized. And I don't, I don't think a lot of people really realize it because they're so easy to get and marketing is so, so good. So um, we all want this quick fix and taking a supplement feels like a quick fix, but there's actually a lot of harm that some supplements can do. And one that comes to my mind is um, DHEA. So DHEA is actually a hormone super easy to get, um, but it can mess with your fertility in all sorts of different ways if you don't need it. Um, it can be, it's really important for fertility and equality, but if you don't need it, it will be doing more damage than good. So things that are, so like fish oil pills and things like that, where would people find DHEA and where can they find it in a supplement and where can they find it naturally? Yeah. So DHEA is, is our hormone. DHA is, is fish oil. I'm thinking DHA. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Super, <laughs> super, super common. So, um, DHA is like your, um, fish oil where we do get some more of those anti-inflammatory fats. Um, the quality of fish oil that we take is definitely important. Nordic Naturals is a good brand. You want to look Nordic for... Naturals? Yes. Yeah. Writing it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nordic Naturals is good. Full circle prenatal um, is going to be coming out with a DHA as well. So full circle, the brand, um, it's a prenatal that I talk about a lot. Um, on my Instagram. And I do have a prenatal highlight too, but they are coming out this summer with a fish oil. So that's going to be really, really high quality um, as well. What you want to look for in a supplement, if you need to supplement DHA is DHA and EPA. So that ratio is important for how our body metabolizes and uses um, those omega fats. Um, but yeah, it, if you don't need a supplement, and I always want to push food first, so not everybody needs to supplement DHA. If you can get two to three servings of fatty fish in a week, um, you don't typically need a DHA supplement. And fatty fish is your salmon, haddock, mackerel, um, sea bass is pretty fatty as well, sardines, anchovies. I love sardines like on avocado toast. My dad would used to, he used to send me from our cousin who lived in Alaska he would like ship them on ice to me and you just peel it back and they were all like already deboned and everything. And you put them on avocado toast. Um, they're like the nastiest, most amazing yeah. fish. <laughs> they're so ugly and good. Wow. Um, so I have two pressing questions. And well, first pressing question is, and we'll end with the other one, which is like a hot topic. Um, this is about, so the audience who, like I mentioned before we started recording, the audience is definitely interested in a plant dominant lifestyle. Like I'm literally wearing a plant-based hat. I eat, um, I eat like 80% plants and usually 85 to 90% plants. And then the other 10, 20, 15% is going to be, um, seafoods that hopefully are from the Charleston area or, you know, going out to eat and I end up having some of those inflammatory oils. It's, it's the 20%. I don't typically eat, I don't eat chicken or cow or pig, um, or poultry. We have some people who are 
totally vegetarian, totally plant-based, totally vegan. And maybe they are, um, and maybe they feel really great that way, but they're having some hormone issues. Um, what would you say to someone who lives a predominantly plant-based life, not, not vegan, but predominantly plant-based, but they're having these deficiencies, but maybe there's like either an ethical reason, an environmental reason, maybe they just aren't into it for whatever reason. What would you say to someone in that instance, whether it's supplementation or, you know, maybe they're open to eating some animal proteins. What would you say to both of those people? Definitely. So if you are struggling with consistent ovulation or just to get pregnant and you've, you know, been trying for some time, um, I would definitely, of course, want to like dive deeper into that, maybe do some testing to see if supplementation is really necessary for you, but I would want to think about protein and fat in your diet. So, you know, predominantly plant-based, it can be tough to get protein in adequate amounts where we're not getting too much carbohydrate that is going to fluctuate our blood sugar in an unfavorable way. So whenever I think about, um, protein sources in kind of a vegetarian or definitely vegan sort of plant forward diet, um, we're thinking about more beans and legumes and, um, soy even, um, those probably, um, predominantly have more carbohydrate than like your animal protein would. So if, if you're into it, comfortable with it, pasture raised eggs and organic pasture raised dairy can be really great options to include because it won't only help boost your protein, it will help boost some nutrients that are really, really supportive of hormone balance and egg quality. So the quality of protein that we eat, even if you're, you know, you are eating a um, more animal protein across the board, like the quality of that protein is really, really important. Um, because we still want it to be anti-inflammatory and really what the animal ate is going to influence the nutrition, um, quality of, of say the beef or the chicken or the pig, um, for sure. So, it will also be more nutrient dense too, if the animal ate more of what it was designed to eat versus like a grain heavy diet. Um, but so like grass fed and yes. that type of thing. Okay. Absolutely. Grass fed, pasture raised, um, are way, way better nutrient profiles, um, versus conventionally raised, um, and also better for the environment too. So it's kind of totally. a win-win there. Um, but I mean, ultimately, like if you're really questioning, really struggling, whether you need to add in more different types of foods or a different balance, like micronutrient testing can be so insightful for you because, you know, it, it could be that there are deficiencies that are really imperative to equality and um, hormones that are, you're needing a boost of. And that's where I would kind of intervene more with either food or supplements there. Um, you can always start with a very comprehensive prenatal um, that's pretty safe to do, but above and beyond that, I would definitely help like work with somebody to help you fine tune that a little bit more. Great. That's awesome. And um, thank you for going into that. Cause I know a lot of people are 
you know, questioning that. And, and of course, everybody is so different. Every body is so different. But do you think that even incorporating an animal, a really high quality animal protein, one to two times per week is sufficient? Do you think it should be more of a three to four times a week or every day type practice? You know, do you have anything that you're like this much, it's kind of not going to do anything. And that much might be too much. Is there a spectrum? Yeah. And it really depends on like what your body needs really. Um, so if you can eat like one really good high quality source of animal protein, um, a day, like that can be really, really helpful. But if you can, if you are eating fish and seafood, like that's really great too, because you're going to get a lot of really bioavailable nutrients from there that, um, you also get from land animals. So depending on, you know, your views and your, how comfortable you are with incorporating different types of protein, we can definitely individualize like how many times a week, um, you might need something like, uh, poultry or beef or mm -hmm. like that. Um, so tonight when I go eat a bunch of mussels with butter and garlic and lemon, that's fine. Like I'm good with the butter and the mussels. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. So if at all possible, like I recommend trying to get like organic grass fed dairy, but that's not possible because we're going to eat out and yeah. I, I don't want you, anybody to feel like they can't ever like eat out of the home in any way. Mm -hmm. Um, it's all about balance. So like what you're eating most often is going to make the biggest impact. Um, mm -hmm. and mussels shellfish are so nutrient dense and they definitely have the nutrients like B12 and B6 and zinc and all of those things that are super, super important for things like equality and hormone balance. Perfect. I'm obsessed with muscles. I carry a tiny fork with me everywhere I go just because I have them. Like, that's so great. Okay. Um, I'm sure that you have more opinions on this and data and information and stories, but I have to just get like the highlights for this one. Birth control. What is it doing? Is it messing anything up? I kind of want to cuss, but are we messing anything up? Are we... Is there more benefit to trying things naturally and tracking your cycle naturally? And then you could figure out if your hormones are all over the place. Like what you mentioned it earlier in the episode about how a doctor will just prescribe birth control for X, Y, and Z, everything like headaches. <laughs> so, you know, what are your thoughts on birth control? Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's a big, it's a big topic for sure. So like with any medication, there's a time and a place for it, but I have really strong feelings on the, whoever it's being prescribed to, to know the benefits and the risks. And I think there's a really big lack of education around birth control, especially because it's, it's definitely given out like candy to young girls who like, you know, are having struggles with their cycle and you know, all these PMS symptoms, which are really totally normal as we're going through puberty. But if we were yeah. to actually understand them and like learn how to support our body and work through it a little bit better versus going on the birth control to birth control pill to just mask everything, I think we would be so much better off because I mean, 
as you know, and it was my story too. Like I went on um, the birth control pill at like 14 and then I was on it for like a decade and I didn't really think about it again because why would you like, it's super easy to take and then you don't have to worry about symptoms. Um, But then, you know, come to find out later in life when we're actually um, thinking about our fertility and growing a family and then realizing that this pill is just literally shut off our hormones. Um, we basically have to go through puberty again to get those hormones talking again um, and then start actually supporting things like hormone balance and equality all over again. And so those problems that you started masking um, are still there. And probably coming back worse because they've been masked for so long, um, unfortunately. Even even if you're taking the birth control pill and you're like, I've always had regular periods. I went on it because I started having sex, not because of any issue. Um, You know, I do believe that there, it's not like a belief, it's a fact that it is wreaking havoc on even the healthiest person. There's no symptoms. There's no acne. There's no lethargy. There's no um, mood swings, no irregularities there's nothing showing up on a panel or if you ask someone, they're totally healthy, which is awesome. We're not saying you should have a symptom, but I do believe that it is, if you have the option to do something naturally, then do it, especially if you're super healthy, especially if there's not a symptom, like why would you want to throw any of that off? Do you know any, and of course this is me putting you on the spot and like, you don't know, have to know exact numbers, but I know that there have been more studies in recent years of the long-term effects of birth control and like the birth control community and market has really seen a shift. I feel like I've seen so many different brands coming out with different spermicides, different type of one-time application to prevent um, not just a condom, but, or an IUD that has no hormones. But um, yeah, I just really wanted to get your your thoughts on that. And I think overall you come from a place of like, everything has a place, but if you can go natural, then go natural. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if, if you can learn how to track your cycle naturally and work with your natural signs to either abstain or, um, try to conceive like that is ideal because our cycle tells us so much. And even if you have a zero symptoms and everything's going along great and you're wanting to abstain and birth control just seems like a really easy way to do that. I would really take a look at the side effects um, and, and make sure that it's safe for you because there's so many side effects. There's a whole black box label on birth control that, you know, most women don't even realize, but it, but it's so glamorized, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But you guys, I mean, y'all have to listen to Brooke. Like she's got her credentials. She has success with clients, success with clients, not sex with clients. But she's, she's a wealth of knowledge and her eyes got big when she said that, like her eyes got big and she knows that she's like, I hope you're listening. Um, so and this is my last question and this is coming from a, um, a place of like obsession and I'm so happy. My sister recently, um, she's pregnant. I've said this on other podcasts. She's not going to, it's not like, Oh, it's out. Um, but she's recently pregnant. Baby is now the size of a mango and she's happy and healthy and she's, she like breezed through the first trimester. She like kind of didn't even realize it was over. And they were like, you didn't have any morning sickness or anything. She was like, oh shit, sorry. No, I just like really wanted green juice. She's it's, 
I mean, freak of nature. It's amazing. Um, and all is going so well, knock on wood, things are good. Um, is there anything you would say to someone who is either pregnant or is postpartum like within one year of being postpartum, um, to help stabilize, uh, to help stabilize, because I know so many people who have had a very healthy pregnancy, all is good. And then after they have a baby, postpartum depression and these crazy types of anxiety that I can only imagine. And I don't know if you have personal experience with this, but is there anything that you would say to a, a new mom or a soon to be mom to just give them peace of mind and like a couple of quick tips to help them stay on the right track to regulate their hormones? Yeah, definitely. So during pregnancy, there's actually some pretty good um, research showing that that DHA or your fatty fish and those omega-3 um, fats in your diet or supplementation is really, really helpful for both preventing postpartum depression um, and managing it. So taking that, if you're not getting your fatty fish in two to three times a week, no harm in taking a supplement that Nordic Naturals one is an excellent option. There's actually prenatal DHA is actually what it's called. Um, so start taking that. If, if you're not getting it in your diet alone, continue taking that through postpartum. Um, that can definitely help with the hormone fluctuations that are going to be happening. Um, get support postpartum. There is not enough support um, that that is just going to happen for you. So baby is going to have all sorts of appointments after um, after it arrives, but you mama are going to have one six week postpartum appointment um, unless you're working with a midwife and that that can look differently. But in the conventional setting, it's that one check up and then you're out the door. So get support to help you eat regularly. Eating and healing postpartum is going to do wonders for your hormones. They're going to be all over the place. It's totally normal. But um, if you're trying to breastfeed, it's even more important that you're getting adequate nutrition regularly. You're going to be sleep deprived and all of these things that are wonderful. And it's, it's an amazing experience, but don't be afraid to ask for support. And if you can plan like freezer meals or have like a meal train or anything like that to make sure meals and food is coming in your door regularly, definitely do that. Um, and again, like during pregnancy, just do the best you can to get like the nutrition in as your symptoms uh, allow you to definitely keep taking your prenatal through pregnancy, through postpartum. There's a lot of nutrients in, in those that are going to help support um, hormone balance and healing as well. Um, and give yourself grace. Like it's okay to not have it all figured out. Um, it's, it's all so new. Like we can do so much planning, um, but it, it'll be new. So definitely lean on the support system you have. Totally. And you guys, if you're in Charleston or if you're not even in Charleston and you listen to this podcast and you're like, fuck, I don't have any help. And what do I do? Send me a message on Instagram, write a comment in the review or send me a direct message. I won't share your name. I won't share your phone number. Duh. Um, I definitely won't share your personal information. I won't share it with anybody, but I'll send you like, I'll send you a big casserole and I'll send you a big healthy meal. Just let me know if you need the support. Um, 
I know some of you greedy bitches out here do not have children. So I'm just, you know, if you got a baby and you need some help, please let me know, send me a message. Um, but that's so helpful. Also, can I take a prenatal right now? Even if I'm just like, hanging? of course. Yeah. So, I mean, anytime that you can help support a quality and fertility is good. Fertility is definitely a sign of overall health. And then you'll be in even an even better place once you're ready to start trying to conceive. Nordic Naturals, throw us some credit here. This is going to be great. I'm so excited. Um, this has been so fantastic. And I know this is just the tip of the iceberg. But truly, I appreciate all of this information so much on so many levels. And I know so many women will. Please, you know, give us everything you have coming up. Plug your social media. Let us know where we can find you and what kind of services you offer so that we, um, we know what we, what we want to get. <laughs> definitely. So definitely follow me on Instagram if you're not already at the.fertility.dietitian. I um, talk a whole lot about all of this and, and more. Um, I have a wait list currently for my one-on-one -on -one program, but there's a link in my um, Instagram bio that you can jump um, follow to jump on my wait list there. I offer free fertility strategy sessions. So that's what you're signing up for when you sign up for that wait list. That strategy session is going to make sure that I can help you reach your goals and that we're a good fit to work together for my 12 week one on one program. And that's where all the testing is involved for that super individualized program. My group program, Foundations for Optimizing Fertility, is opening up again in May. So Perfect. Yes, definitely right around the corner here. Um, I have a newsletter and that wait list also. So jump on one of those to be the very first to find out about my group program opening up the doors. And then I will of course be advertising on Instagram too, for how to register for that. Um, there's a, a highlight on my Instagram for um, my foundations for optimizing fertility program. That's my group program. There's also um, lots of info for both programs on my website, which is Brooke nutrition.com. So don't hesitate to reach out um, on Instagram to say hello. Um, and if you're interested in one of my programs and have questions, definitely don't hesitate to reach out. You're the best. And I'm so, I couldn't be happier that we had this conversation. Um, thank you so much for everything and be on the lookout for this episode to come out. You guys, Wait, you're listening to it right now. I don't know why I just said that. It's just pre-recorded. Um, but here we are. I self-edit everything. So what's new? But thank you so much. And we'll have to have you on again. Thank All right. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Talk to you soon. enjoyed that episode with Brooke Boscovich. She's incredible. Thank you all so much for listening. Remember to hop onto iTunes to like, share, subscribe, and review the podcast. Help us grow this thing. We will talk to you guys next week for our very first Tuesday episode. Make sure you go on to Hotter Than Health, the Instagram page, and make sure you comment on our latest Instagram post with a couple of topics that you are interested in. We'll talk to you next week.